It's 4 o'clock on a Monday. You know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring I Wish I Wasn't Stuck in Los Angeles Traffic, Rip Fox. Thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. Hello, real audience in the chat room. Say hello to you guys, because I'm padding for time. Hello, Mojo Bone, Carl Wurzbach, Gloria Covington, Linda Cullum, Greg Vaughn, AJ Hall, songwriter Shaley uh, from Melbourne, Dean Turner, Dan Weber, Tom Wanless, uh, they're going by Terrell Burt. Hey, Terrell, I have most of the questions written for you, buddy. Jan Bars, David Pena, Pena. Robbie Hancock, uh, Darren Fletcher, Mark Hemley. Anyway, hello, all of you. I am now going to silence my phone because it's not. Okay, so welcome to the big show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, Britt Fox is stuck in traffic. She'll be here momentarily. Um, she's our guest of the week. And I now have to pad for time. So let's do a little Ask Michael Anything because <laughs> that way I don't have to come up with it. Oh, I know what I do want to tell you. Um, I, was, I went to the NAMM show on Saturday. I was trying to rustle up some prospective uh, um, sponsors for next year's road rally. And it's huge. I mean, 115,000 people go to the NAMM show. If you don't know what the NAMM show is, it's where all the musical um, instrument and equipment manufacturers display their goodies so that uh, stores all over the country can buy them. And on Saturday and Sunday, um, they I think they sell tickets for 25 bucks or something for the public to come in. So it's a madhouse. You see a lot of guys who clearly spend far too much time combing or brushing their hair. The guys that are like wearing the leather and their heads are tilted back wherever they walk and they've got like hair down to their butt and you can tell that they make somebody like brush it out for them like a hundred strokes a night. A lot of that going on there. So it's a little cute. Um, but I'm walking through this crowd everywhere because mar recreational marijuana is now legal in the state of California. Uh, everywhere I went at the NAM show, you could smell weed. So at some point I was stuck in a crowd full of people and uh, I was right behind two cops and they were just walking around, taking it all in, probably just there for security reasons. And I tapped one of the cops on the shoulder and jokingly said, uh, hello officer, I'd like to report a bunch of uh, pot smoking hippie musicians. And he looked at me and he said, are you deaf? And I said, what? He goes, is your name Michael? And I said, yeah, he goes, people are behind you screaming your name, Michael, Michael. I turned around and it was taxi members. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. I, I ran into, I think in total, probably about 20 taxi members at the NAMM show. So that was nice. Um, didn't see anything really fascinating at the NAMM show. Uh, gear wise, I didn't see anything that was groundbreaking. Um, I did try to shoplift a couple of Martin guitars and they caught me. Uh, man, those things are hard to fit in your pocket. But uh, gosh, just gorgeous guitars in the Martin booth. Um, I really didn't see anything else that amazing. And uh, did I pay $13 for a hamburger, a cheeseburger? Yeah, I think it was an extra buck fifty for that slice of cheese. Really expensive food there. Um, so that's about it for me. Um, 
Oh, Carl Wurzbach says, Martins, you got to steal one at a time. I think it's steal one, get one free. <laughs> uh, anyway, while I'm killing time, okay, come on, admit it. I can see on the list, some of you dudes and dudettes have not yet hit that red subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. So hit that button right now. I'm watching. I'm waiting. There we go. Look at that. Almost professional. If I drop it down to there, look at that. You don't even see the stick. Looks really professional, right? Subscribe. Share. Ring the bell. And last but not least, vote for Facebook. Okay. Got that out of the way. Um... <laughs> that was Bria restarting a laptop. So there you go. Bracing for another snowstorm. Where do you live, Linda Cullum? Boy, if anybody's watching this archive, they've just tuned out about right now. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a great question. How does playing music on your show affect the copyright strikes? It seems to be a minefield. Man, oh man, you could not be more correct about that. I get those little messages from my friends at YouTube all the time. Some of them on shows that we did maybe five, 10 years ago. Well, whenever we started putting stuff up on YouTube, some of the stuff is when we were still on, what was that other service called? Uh, Ustream. Ustream, love the Ustream. Uh, anyway, we would take those Ustreams and put them up on, uh, on YouTube. And yes, copyright strikes. I get emails from them. And some of the stuff, it's so weird. Um, like today I got one, uh, maybe I shouldn't mention the, the members' names, but these are members that I know absolutely have the majority, if not all their stuff in music libraries. Um, and I got copyright strike notices from AdRev, which I'm not entirely sure if that means that the members signed this stuff up for AdRev at some point, or if they signed up to TuneCore, or CD Baby and AdRev is collecting money for them under some agreement, I don't know. All I know is we got a copyright strike. It doesn't mean that we have to take the videos down or they mute the audio like they used to in the old days, um, but it means that any monetization, you know, the one and a half cents it generates or whatever, um, is gonna be disseminated to the members because their music was on the show. So that's the good news. Hey, great, you know, it's money in the pocket. Uh, the bad news is sometimes the members will do those deals, like when they sign up for TuneCore or whatever, and they check the box. Sure, I'd love to get paid when my music is on YouTube or other streaming services. What they probably don't realize is that legally they can't then give that music to a music library and have the library offer them a publishing deal and sign it because somebody is already participating in the publishing so i think people forgot that they checked that box three and a half years ago or they don't think that there's a conflict there but there is public if you call a publisher and say yes i would love to have the song included in your library by the way, I did a TuneCore, CD Baby, AdRev, whatever kind of deal it is, um, they would say, sorry, I can't do that deal. You're already published. So doesn't hurt us, um, but it could really hurt you guys. So just be aware of that. And thanks for asking that question. It was a really good one. 
Um, let's see if we have any other questions. YouTube blocks Eagles cover songs. What's up with that? I don't know. Any advice on how to do taxi full-time? My girlfriend isn't completely sold on taxi, but I am. Sounds to me like it's time to get a new girlfriend. <laughs> Just saying, I hope she's not watching the show. Um, look, it is. it is all The people who have gotten deals, the people, and there are thousands of them, and the people who have had placements because of those deals or, or placements you know, on direct-to-supervisor stuff, whatever the case is, um, it's the same service as the people who don't have success with taxi. Same listings ostensibly, same screeners, same everything. Um, some people get deals and placements and other people don't. Um, the reason for that is the people who do typically go to the road rally. They typically watch taxi TV. They typically participate actively in the forum rather than lurking three times a year. Uh, and they network themselves uh, either in this crowd, I'm talking to the chat room right now for those of you who can't see what I see, um, uh, networking themselves on the taxi forum, networking themselves at the road rally, and they end up collaborating with other members. And something happens to them, for them, that happened to me early in my career at Criteria Studios in Miami. And I've spoken about this on the show before, but it's worth repeating, and that is, when you're in a work environment in a studio situation and there are three, four, five studios all under one roof, um, you hang out with other engineers and producers and, and you know you could be working on a Firefall album, but yet you're hanging out with the guys from the Eagles in the lobby or shooting hoops out in the parking lot. You're constantly exposed to new and different and oftentimes better ways of thinking and doing stuff. So you have this information flow because you're in this mix of people that know more than you do. Um, musicians today and engineers and producers are largely isolated in home studios. So the, the road rally, the, the chat room that I'm looking at as I'm talking to you, the taxi forum, all those things are ways to get connected with people. Um, I know it sounds cool and trendy to say, get connected with people in your tribe, but um, forget the fact that it's a tribe it's just like-minded people let's just call it what it is and some of those people are going to be more experienced maybe more advanced than you are and you can learn from them um if you remain isolated you know they say the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting uh the undesirable result in so many words um well, that's what happens to people that remain isolated. We see this with taxi members. We've been seeing it now for 27 years, which is people who don't listen to what the screeners tell them and the feedback, who don't go to the road rally, who don't watch taxi TV, who don't post their stuff on the forum and go, hey guys, is this ready and on target for that particular listing? Those people who just merely you know, live on the fringes of taxi and look at it as kind of an isolationist route to get your music pitched to the industry, those people rarely meet with success. They, they are of the belief that they're super talented, their stuff is really good, and it may very well be, but it may be that they're super talented and their stuff is really good, but it's not really right for the, the particular requests, or maybe their instrumentals don't really take the form 
of a queue or something that would be a desirable arrangement um, for uh, video editors to, to use or music supervisors to use in a, in a show. So there's more to it than just being talented. I'm trying to think of an analogy. Uh, you could be an artist, a visual artist, um, and you could be the most incredibly talented, like museum quality, fine artist known to mankind. You could be the next um, Van Gogh, okay? And, but you are trying to sell graphics to Coca-Cola for their new logo. And the stuff you keep sending in looks like a Van Gogh painting, not like a logo. They're both art, and you're an A++ fine artist uh, producing Van Gogh paintings, but what they need is something that's minimalistic and logo-esque uh, for their logo, and you're not sending them that. And then you're going, damn, they just don't appreciate fine art when they see it. Well, they might. Chances are the CEO of Coca-Cola probably owns a Van Gogh, but what he or she needs in the moment is a logo. So that's kind of my visual artist analogy uh, to musicians who maybe long uh, belong to taxi or just trying to make it in the industry generally and they don't understand or they don't care or they don't want to participate in anything that says hey um, this is what we need can you give us something like that because oh that that would be just that's gross I don't want to give them what they're asking for fair enough if you're an artist an artiste and you don't want to do that, then um, so be it. Uh, you know, that's your choice. And I applaud you for that because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of patience um, and a lot of just trying and trying and trying for a very long time to usually break through as an artiste. Um, it's not 100% of what Taxi does, but a lot of what we do is help people take a shortcut to the industry by bringing what the industry is actually asking for in that moment um, directly to your doorstep so that you can respond with what you think they're asking for. And if you do and they love it, then you get signed or you make money. So there you go. Next question. Um, Do you think it's better to write uh, from scratch per listing or have a bunch of finished songs available to submit and wait for the right listing? Okay, so do you think it's better to write from scratch per listing or have a bunch of finished songs available to submit and wait for the right listing? Um, I would go with the former. I think it's better to write to the listings because it will keep you more actively involved. It will challenge you, it'll make you work harder, it'll make you perfect your skills, it'll make you uh, a better engineer, a better producer, and faster at what you do. Just creating what you do. Oh, I just love to make this kind of music. is great for the soul, it's great for your creativity, all that stuff. The chances of some situation, some taxi opportunity coming along that asks for that very thing you've got, not that great, not that frequent. So chances are most of the stuff, and this is the key point, most of the stuff you're going to create is never going to have a request that's going to match it. So what happens, I've seen this time and time again for the last 27 years, which is people will then try and shoehorn what they've got that really isn't a good fit. Um, and they go, you know what, maybe they'll just hear how incredibly good that piece of music is 
and they'll sign it anyway, which tells me they really don't understand the first thing about how music supervisors work or why music is used a certain way. Um, I'm right in the middle of a TV show. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, okay, bring her back, please. Thank you. A TV show, like this is actual TV. Um, Britt Fox is here. Can you let her in, Bria, and get her all situated, please? Um, anyway, so uh, where was I? I forgot what I was talking about. That's right, it's the red phone. <laughs> Hi, Britt, come on over. Have a seat, put your tushy right there. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, I'm so sorry. Hi, that's okay. <laughs> Hello, I just gave Hi. you a deaf ear. Ladies and gentlemen. Brit Fox, yay! <laughs> All right, we'll kill the band. Put the band back over here. How are you here. doing today? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing... Where do you live, by the way? Cleveland. All right, and so Brit sent me an email, said, I'm going to be in L.A., um... Could I be on an episode of Taxi TV? And I said, sure. I keep seeing these weird flashing lights. Is it from up there or is it out there? Oh, well, if aliens pluck us out of our chairs, we get sucked up into some sort of green vortex, you'll know what it was. So um, Cleveland, um, so that means that you flew in on United, I'm guessing. Yeah, whoa. I spent way- Psychic reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been stalking you. Um, no, I, I flew, uh, I still fly United a lot and have flown through the Cleveland airport many, many times. <laughs> I'm getting, Bria, would you do me a favor? On this, uh, back in my bookshelf area, there are pieces of paper. Can you grab one and, and stand on that chair and hang it up? <laughs> We're so professional here. Um, anyway, yes, I've been in that airport literally a hundred times. Oh, wow. Yeah, and actually had a taxi member pick me up at the airport once and took me to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and out to lunch. It was a good town. I liked it. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually was born in Illinois. So was I. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I was born in St. Louis, but grew okay. up in Illinois. Where, yeah. where at in Illinois? Waukegan. Really? Oh, that's right. We talked about this. <laughs> That's right. I'm that memorable. Britt Brit told me, she, at the well, I did meet a couple of people at the road rally, uh, but Britt stopped yeah. me outside the ballroom and she said, I'm from Waukegan, and, uh, or I may have asked her where you're from. She said, Waukegan. I told her that when I was in high school, I had to do like a social studies project, so I did a ride around with a couple of Waukegan police officers and got a tour of the whole town. And It's a very classy place. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a bit of crime in just that one night. <laughs> Nothing, you know, no shootouts. But anyway, um, so what brings you to L.A.? Um, I'm just kind of, you know, tapping into the appropriate vibe around the appropriate energy of people. So this is kind of okay. where I'm like, you know, where I see my sights as like, you know, putting music and film and TV. So sometimes I'm just like, you know, you got to be at the place where it it's happens. Happening. Yeah. Um, and you've got a son that's how old? Just seven months, like so, just seven months. So he was like four months old at the road rally, right? Three yeah. or four months old. And, yeah. and she brought her little tiny infant son, who's adorable, by the way, to the road rally. What's his name? Sean. Sean was at the rally. Uh, and where's Sean now? Sean's with my mom. Back in Cleveland. No. Oh, she's... We made a family trip out of it. You know, you wow. got to do a two-for-one thing. Okay. Spend time with the family and... Got it. You know. So your mom lives here? No, oh. my mom lives in Chicago. 
So did you drop Sean off in Chicago? No, or my your mom, mom. My mom actually works for an airline, so okay. she can hop on a plane like that. Okay. So she came out and said, "Hey, I'll watch Sean. Be a grandma while you come awesome. and do this." So I'm so thankful for you. Like she's watching, obviously. She oh she will be she's probably just with Sean right now yeah uh, this would be his bedtime like I'm always like oh, hey right. and then I'm like you know ghosting because I'm always putting him to bed so this is like his bedtime um I have this for you it's kind of hard say? to read but it says. It's First forward. Oh, you got your, this was from the bottle of champagne when you got your first forward. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. You know what else? Well, where'd it go? Oh, here it is. Britt sent me this. After the road rally, I opened up a package one day. Is that right side up? She sent me this scarf with the word taxi on it. I so it, I think it's hot. I love it. <laughs> I actually wore it on one episode right when you sent it out and it was like it was really hot <laughs> it was very cool thank you and job. congratulations on that forward um, oh, thank you so how old did you grow up in a musical household let's start there um yes I grew up well I grew up in a musical like environment like I grew up around you know Chicago so um my dad was actually a jazz musician Okay. And so, like, we had a very strong connection, and then, like, you know, you know, one day he just was going to pick me up, and he just never came back. Oh, man. Yeah. Jazz musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Going out for so, a little milk, honey. Wow. Yeah. So, in a, in a weird way, I feel like every piece of music I make now, my dad's, like, speaking to me in that way because we didn't have that type of right. relationship growing up. But he was the closest thing to jazz and to music and to, you know, he was so you got that the, starting point. You got point. the gene, but you didn't grow up with anybody, like, yeah. wrapping you in the knuckles if you pra didn't practice piano enough. Right. Oh, I wish I had somebody <laughs> like that. I would be bawling right now. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> Next light time. <laughs> well, you can do that for Sean. Yeah. Yes, Beat your son senseless if he doesn't practice piano enough. That's always a way to make him love music. Sorry, anyway. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so at what point in your life did you decide that music was your thing and you started getting serious about it? Um, when I kept doing stuff that wasn't making me happy. You know, like when I kept going like to job, to another job, and all I would really be doing at the job is writing lyrics and coming up with melodies and be in the bathroom on my voice memos, you know, what am I going to say next? And then there just came a day and a time where I said, you know what, I can actually go for this. And when was that day and time? How long ago? That was like around the time of my first four, but it was about a year before that. <laughs> so okay. it was like 2014. And I, what made you join Taxi? And did you join at that time? Yeah, I joined Taxi right away. Like as soon as I, you know, did my own little, you know, research and stuff, I was like, no, this is the place I need to be. And it's been lit ever since. So right before you got here, I was doing a little Q&A with the audience just to keep things interesting. And uh, 
one of the people in the audience uh, said something about taxi and then said my girlfriend in so many words still doesn't believe that it's real so Brit Fox convince her <laughs> oh honey it's real but it's gonna feel like another woman <laughs> but it's real like yeah well, now you've scared her. No, she, no, no, she needs no, another no. woman in that he no, will be no, no, totally no. addicted to the mission of that way. It's it takes work. That's the thing. Like people think they see something and they see like the bling and stuff and they're like I want it and I want it right now. They don't see that you need to like dig. Right. You know, like you Just because you want it doesn't make it drop in your lap. No. <laughs> Whoa, mm -hmm. what a shock. <laughs> yeah, but that that's some people's mentalities, you know, but It is. Yeah. What is up with that? Why do people think that I mean yeah I'd love a private jet but I can wish I had one my whole life I'm never gonna get one you know it's you could work really hard and yeah. get one mm -hmm. um, okay so what was when you first joined taxi what was your initial goal <laughs> to place music on film and TV why film and TV? Because I know you've got an artist side to you and we yeah. will we'll play some music in a couple of minutes but um, that was your first instinct was going for the film and TV stuff, huh? I was thinking how cool would it be to have something that I wrote, you know, be in film and TV? Like, I was like, I don't know. There's just something that drew me to that. That's cool, because most people, uh, not most necessarily, haven't done an actual survey. <laughs> but a lot of people start out with the dream of wanting to be a rock star or a star of some sort. and. Uh, and then maybe they drift over to, well, I'm getting too old now to be a star, so I'll be a songwriter and pitch my music to other artists. And then they get frustrated with that, and then they go, oh, film and TV, a lot of people are making money with that, so I'll hmm. go over there. So you started there, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, now let's talk about, I can't remember, for some reason I thought you told me at the rally you are a single mom, but then I think I saw online that you were married, or no, I'm confused. Well, what's, what's your status? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you don't have to reveal too much, but no, you're fine. I I have a relationship, you know, and I don't think like you know certain uh, social norms correctly define it. Okay, so I guess where I'm going, which I think is okay, let me know if it's not, is so much of the child rearing responsibility lands on you oh yeah i'm with him 24 7. okay mm -hmm. so then the obvious question for those of you who are going i don't have enough time to make music i don't have enough time to write to the taxi listings i don't have enough time to get better in engineering i don't have enough time for this there's a very long list of i don't have enough time and somehow you're like starting to take off and you're a young single mom and boy, oh boy, once he's walking. <laughs> Listen, after I get back from this, he's going to be walking. He is so close. I'm just like, yeah, send me some instrumentals. I need to write some stuff down. Like, let's go. <laughs> because that's going to change the game, you know. Two of our grandsons are, are little boys. One of them is, I think, 10 months old. And the other one um, is three and change. And the one that's three and change, he's a really sweet-natured kid, oh. uh, but he's like a ball of energy. That's Literally, so from the minute that's he gets what... up until the minute he goes to mm -hmm. bed, it's just 
there, so I bought him a drum set just to piss off my daughter and son-in-law. I bought him a full set of drums. Here you go. <laughs> Thank God he's not that interested. But this so, is why people think so badly of musicians. That's right. You know, <laughs> so, so badly of bad grandpas. It was entirely my idea. My just wife kidding. had nothing to do with that. Just in case you're watching, Rachel. Um, anyway, so I, I see how much time and energy. Uh, I mean, I've had four daughters, but yeah. they were pretty easy. I mean, girls are usually a little more demure, um, easier child rearing from what mm. I hear, you know, kind of taking a loose consensus from uh, friends that I've had that girls um, will entertain themselves longer and better where boys are very physical and they're constantly oh God, moving yeah. from one form of entertainment to another. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, somebody in the staff the other day has a, a seven-year-old little boy. We're talking about uh, Alexa prying into your personal life. And I said, Alexa's not hearing too much exciting stuff in the Lasco household. And she goes, yeah, at our household, it's just, put that down, stop hanging from the drapes. <laughs> so how do you find the time? You know, I, I just think they're two gold coins. Like you can't go wrong with what you're, you know, what you're doing in that moment. And at the end of the day, I'm thinking, am I feeding my child? Like, am I technically feeding my child? Like, you know, nursing him, giving him food? Or am I feeding my child another way, which is to have this creative, hmm. you know, it goes right. back to creation again, you know, and just keep So does keep, he sit in this studio sometimes, like in his little infant rocker thing and, and while you're working and yeah. hear the process? It's, it's, it's us. Yeah. So he, he's doomed. He was <laughs> so good at being a musician. I mean, if he was in my stomach when I was in the recording studio before, that already came through. Oh, wow. You know, so it's just. Um, but I'm going to let him be who he wants to be. I'm is, not going to try to. Is he on a regular enough schedule that you can plan, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get up before. Or do you get up before him or is that not possible? I say I'm going to get up before him every day. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, but I always put the work in. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's at the end of the night, like even if it's the last thing I do before I go to bed, like I have a motto, if I didn't write a song in 24 hours, if I didn't contribute to a recording process, if I didn't enhance that in some way for that day, then the next day I can't call myself a songwriter. Wow. I but love that. I'm, I'm digesting, I'm thinking about that, but that, that really resonates because people who are a songwriter or are, you know, they're a fine artist, a painter or a sculptor, any of the arts, unless you do it all the time, if mm. it's not number one, you know, in the things yeah. you do, then you're a hobbyist. Yeah. Which is okay <laughs> if you acknowledge that you're a hobbyist, you know, but don't yeah. expect professional results if you're coming at it like a hobbyist. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And um, hobbyists lose money. Professionals right? <laughs> make money. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. Hobbyists lose money. Professionals make money. That one, that goes on the Twitter feed, I think. <laughs> um, so I've got that down. I got the. Oh yeah, <laughs> Britt saying hi to her fan club. No, hi. Oh my God, you made my day. Who? Everybody. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the other day I thought of you, I saw a taxi listing and they were looking for rap with female vocals. And I thought, you know, 
almost every time I see a listing go through Taxi that says rap with female vocals, we have so we have more male members than female, although the disparity is not. I always wondered that. We do. We have um, <laughs> probably three quarters or two thirds male versus female, oh, wow. which is surprisingly good in the sense that mm -hmm. the magazines that we advertise in oftentimes have female readership that's under 10%. I can think of one wow. in particular where the female readership is about 6%. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, I often look at these listings and go, man, what a bummer, you know, here's this great opportunity and there's hardly anybody that can pitch to it. But then again, if you're, mm -hmm. you're one of the few. <laughs> so. Let's get it. <laughs> so how often do you, create stuff with vocals versus instrumentally? Um, I would I would say my ratio is definitely more towards vocals and melodies and doing that side of it. Okay. I contribute to the instrumentals at times, but honestly, like the the level in Taxi, the producers here, like if you collaborate with somebody and they're strong, like just let them be strong. Um, who are some of the folks that you've collaborated with? Uh, I've collaborated with Owen Cham, who we just wrapped something. Actually, last night I wrote two songs before I came here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Marcus, I really hope you started mixing that because I cannot wait for that to <laughs> drop. See, this is the beauty of Taxi. <laughs> You're sitting here talking to your collaborators, fellow members, while yeah. doing an episode of Taxi TV. Anybody else? I mean, there's other people, but we're we're still in that phase where you know we'll pop it off soon, right? You know, you're the like getting to know you before we actually yeah. date phase, right? It, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Let's listen to something, uh, Bria. What do you want to play? And I have some like new music too that, like we like I said, we just wrapped. So. Okay. Uh, if it's cool. Okay, cool. Well, I have this one that's pepper. Okay. okay. Song is Pepper. I grew in my comb, I got texture. Don't question me, you know I am the answer. Head turn when they look up to my stature. Leave you on red like Miranda. Only original is an option. If you ain't with it though, why we rockin'? My stereo go up with a tempo to 11. You know what I'm here for? I slowed it down. But I ain't no bimbo. I want what you lost. I'm not GPD flossin'. We don't even have. A comma in common, don't need no manners I stay flipping paper like a scanner Stay in your mouth now and later On another planet, you gon' need a translator Condition me like pepper, no pressure I get blessed by the best with every endeavor Go suto, I'm out of this world like Pluto Multiply a dollar, send a Nero, go ditto Drippin' in gold, now you know what I'm here for Real as one zero zero, a type don't need no hero I live out loud, so why would I tiptoe? Best around, hands down, fingers go temples I'll tell natural bank Waking up slave, ain't no mistake, I make no mistakes I've been doing it since way back, way back like your fate So stay in your shade, I'm kissed by the sun, you over and done Oh yeah, you win some and you lose some But if you lost me, then you are dumb dumb You cannot break me, I am the real breaker I do not 
Somebody mentioned your flow when I was listening to stuff, uh, I don't know, earlier today or over the weekend and going, wow, she's actually got flow. You do. <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, thank you. She's saying thank you, not to my computer, but to the people <laughs> thank who you, are computer. living right. <laughs> it's a very generous computer. Um, so let's talk about uh, Saturday at the NAMM show. I, was, I ran into... Um, uh, a woman named Sharon Farber, who was a panelist last year at the Road Rally, female composer late, does film scores. And she said, can we go outside and talk for a minute? I said, yeah. And so we were sitting on this little bench outside uh, of the the hall where they have the NAMM show. And she was saying, it's so frustrating. I keep getting this close to like a doing scoring a blockbuster. And I know some of the stuff um, that she's come literally where it's gone from like 25 composers down to two. She's one of the final two and then didn't get it. Wow. And she said, Michael, you have no idea how hard it is for a woman in this industry. And I said, who gives a damn? <laughs> who cares what your body parts are? It, it Shouldn't it be all about the music and your capabilities? And, and she said, yeah, but she said, there's definitely a stigma attached to being a female, which I find, I, I can believe it in some other areas. Music actually surprises me, particularly film and TV music, because so many of the music supervisors are female. Mm. There's a mm. ton of music supervisors that are female. Interesting. And, and a, a growing number of female uh, music library owners as well. So that's shocking to me, but you mentioned in your notes that it's been an issue for you. How? What kind of stuff have you noticed? How has it um, manifested itself? Mm, I, I think it manifests itself in different ways. Like, I think, um, you know, I'm in the the urban, the hip-hop type of vibe, you know, and that was a little bit of that, so... But there are a you, lot of female hip-hop artists. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not even trying to go there, really, but there's, there's you know rap is kind of glorified in some sort of masculinity you know so I agree with you on that for sure yeah so when a female steps in you know she needs to come correct and it's less slack you know given you you need to be mm. on point and if you're comfortable like with your sexuality and stuff too that's almost like a point against you because god forbid right a, you, a woman you're using and... your body parts who cares? Um, I'm not even going there. <laughs> no, but it's you it's know a kid-friendly show. We do, we do have kids that actually watch their parents. Oh. I got I've got to watch what I say. But I'm sorry. Um, I didn't no, that's mean okay. To... You haven't you haven't said anything okay. incorrect. We just can't use profanity or um, somewhere. Does there's a seven-year-old sitting on his daddy's lap, going, "Oh my god, what, I'm what so body sorry. parts?" No, it's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm just so, started this mom thing. I'm already messing up again. <laughs> so so I, I get it, though. You're right. You know, if, if a woman um, 
comes at it like a guy does, then she's a this, and if a guy comes at it, he's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it, it does happen. It does happen. There was one time where I was at my own studio session in my studio, and somebody said to me, so who who did you, you know, to get this? Really? Yeah. And you said, oh, unchain. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> Uh, really? Somebody actually said yeah. that to you? Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you show them the door? I hope. <sighs> yeah. That, yeah. That's just plain. Not only is it rude, it's unconscionable that they would say it. Well, it demeans my hard work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's all that Right, because the only way you could get that track was by that. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, that's with um, R&E. I love you guys, and the producer was Marcus, you already know, and I did write the lyrics on that. Um, and the one we just, oh, you're talking about the one yeah. we just heard. Yeah, okay. on Pepper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember some of those were the questions. Okay, so. I hope I answered this. Um, let's talk about, in, in your notes that you sent me, how, focusing your time, your um I want to go with the second thing on your list, which is your planning strategies. How, how do you plan? Um, it seems like it would be hard to plan because you're raising a kid and your schedule can be upended at a moment's notice. If, if he's sick or if he's cranky or if he's teething, there are a million reasons that a baby can, mm-hmm. like, I need your attention and you got no choice but to give your attention. So right. you may be trying to meet a deadline on getting a part right on something that you're working with with <laughs> one of the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how do you plan? And I'm guessing you have to do a lot of bobbing and weaving, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of altering that's a really plans. Good, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you try your best. Like I start every day with some sort of spirituality, meditation, and that really sets your tone and your intention for the day. And you have to rely on that when times get hard because you know if something happens or if you just need to just be a mom that day you know and maybe I didn't get what I need to get done I just tell myself there's something else in this moment of life that you were meant to have or learn or accept wow you're pretty uh not intuitive you're smart for a young person. Oh, thanks. Uh, I mean, you have some stuff seriously figured out that you know most people don't figure out till they're like seventy and then they die. Just saying, mm. um, it's good that you got it figured out early in your life. Um, so, still learning. When you plan this stuff, uh, what would a typical plan be? Do you plan by the day? Do you plan by the week? Do you plan long term? Uh, yeah, I definitely have long-term plans. Um, my short-term plans are the ones that get thwarted, you know. So, but the long-term plans, you know, always keep that in focus, and whatever that may be for you. And the day-by-day plans is start out with the proper intention, and then when you, you know, if you're looking for those moments, you'll you'll those moments will come to you, you know we're like in the business of the muse so we got to always stay connected and when that moment comes to you put down what you're doing pick up something to record it we're recording we're in the recording industry and take it to that next level and just follow through with it so put it on oh google calendars 
is the next amazing thing. You could set goals. So I can set goals for my songs. I could be like, I'm going to work on this, you know, one time a week or whatever. It's not that pending. And so three times a week. So just keep at it. Um, how, how much music do you crank out in a given month? And I realize it's going to go up and down depending. Yeah. Um, but if you could kind of average it, uh, I mean, are you getting out three songs a year? Are you getting out 10 songs a year? Uh, no, um, a year. I, this month, I think I cranked out 16. Okay. Wow. So done. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to be successful. <laughs> I, I, I could tell that's... you that just by the numbers and by the quality of the music, obviously that's kind of a given, but um if you can get 16 see i see i'm trying to aim for one a day like that's my well and you'll get there. but I mean, <laughs> it kind of yeah. breaks my heart when people say i'm not going to renew my taxi membership you know last year i did four really good songs and i pitched mm -hmm. them and nothing happened well i've been through that yeah it, mm -hmm. it's going to take more than four but yeah i also understand people get very attached emotionally attached um because it's their creation, it's their baby of another mm -hmm. sort, mm -hmm. and it really is. They don't want to. Uh, they they don't want to treat music as a commodity. Mm. I have a different take, which is if you kind of treat it like a commodity, where you're going for a number and you've got a goal to reach, you're getting better with every one you do. Even mm -hmm. though many of them are not mm -hmm. going to be great, but you gotta, you know, it's not about falling down; it's about getting up. Yeah. And you could write four amazing songs in a year, or you could do sixteen a month, and know that half of them are really good, and the other half mm -hmm. were the the steps on the on the ladder to get you to the other ones. Mm -hmm. So I it's guess. Real. It, yeah. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage stress? Um, <laughs> I've been four kids, uh, and I watched primarily my wife because she was the primary caretaker. I was, the, you know, kind of classic American family, I guess. I'm the breadwinner, and mm. like um, all all new moms are beat up all the time. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing they love those kids so much. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with the stress of that and, and still find the creativity that you need to make music? Mm. Well, I, I use him as my inspiration. You know, music is built on inspiration. And like I said, I've dealt with those abandonment issues from my father, so that's not even an option for me. So this is the option for me. <laughs> and you you put in the work and I meditate a lot like if I'm ever feeling in a certain space or just negative like for example there's just one song I just wrote and it was about um, violence <laughs> and I started to know like the next few days my days weren't going as smooth you know what I mean so you got to be conscious your brain was wrapped around that violent stuff? Yeah, and, yeah, you wow. gotta get into the, you gotta sink into that story. Right. As a song, you gotta write about what you know. Like, it, that's inherently what we're doing, you know? And then sharing it to a message. But, you know, what was the question? Uh, the question was dealing with the stress. the stress, yeah. Yeah, you just have to keep that meditation strong you got to keep your um your foundation right and 
you know, there's going to be times where things get a little shaky. And if you know you have a strong foundation, it helps you manage stress that much better. Like that's probably a big long-term plan in this business. So I'm a little amazed that you d didn't move back to Illinois when mm. you had Sean because it sounds like your mom is yeah, in I, your corner and that's a, a built-in safety net. But yeah. you're toughing it out on your own, you know, an hour away by air and a couple hours, yeah. three or four hours away by car, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, what made you stay in Cleveland and not go back to the uh, support system in the form of your mom? That's, that's a great question. Now you're making me think about it. I think just... <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Um, now I hope your mom's watching. She's going, yeah, Lasco, yeah. <laughs> she probably is. Now that she has a grandbaby. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, dug my own roots in Cleveland. So I love the music scene that's happening there, too. What about it do you love? I mean, the it's, live aspect or other people to collaborate with on your the stuff? artists that are in that area right now are on fire and i i think that's where i'm supposed to be right now okay that's cool yeah i i've got to say when when you first sat down you said you you came out here just because you wanted to be you know in this like music capital where you know it's a the nexus of stuff that happens um i I won't say I disagree with that, hmm. but I've seen so many examples over the years of, for instance, I know Matt Vanderbo is watching the show. I mean, the dude lives in Nampa, Idaho. Wow. Um, he does come to LA a couple times a year. I'll, I'll give him that. But there are so many taxi members who have been successful without spending much time in LA. And I think yeah. that's kind of the nature, certainly of the film and TV thing, that it can come from anywhere. But then again, I've also seen examples of people that will come two or three days before the road rally mm -hmm. and they go out to dinner with library owners that they work with. Mm -hmm. And excuse me, I'm sure that that's got to help to some degree because, um, you know, if a library owner is looking for stuff to pitch for a particular thing and they do a keyword search in their library and they find 14 things and they know that's a few too many to send, I'm going to send four, five, six, maximum, whatever the number is. And they go, oh yeah, Matt Vanderbo. I just had dinner with that dude. I'll send him. You know, maybe yeah. that does influence yeah. them in some sort of positive way. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but you certainly don't need to be here. You really, yeah, you really don't. I live in Ohio. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, look at the people hanging out. In, you know, and in, in the chat room today, they're from all over the not only yeah. the country but all over the world. Um, I think we, I saw Australia in there and the UK represented um not all 16 are gold i wish i could say that oh uh, that's but like you asking, said right? it's like those stepping stones to the to the gold ones yeah i mean mm. you still gotta write it van gogh didn't paint a winner every time he sat down mm. you know yeah yeah that's hmm. nobody does it's impossible yeah. um even some of our taxi stars, the Matt Vanderbos of the world. Um, Hi, Matt. <laughs> uh, those guys don't get forwarded all the time, and, and they will all tell you, yeah, sometimes I write stuff and go, eh. Yeah. yeah it happens. Mm -hmm. um, so how does Sean, your son, inspire you? <sighs> Obviously, there's love. Uh, mm -hmm. I always tell 
new parents, people who are about to come become a new parent, that, that first time you hold your own kid mm. and you look at this child, you go, now I understand what love is. For the first time yeah. in my life, I get it instantly. I would give yeah. my life to save yours, mm -hmm. and I love you that deeply. Mm -hmm. So all moms, all dads get that connection, hopefully. That's and a beautiful thing. It really is. It's yeah. And you can't really explain it. You yeah. can say and the words, but you don't understand it. Not until, until you get, you're in that situation. Right. Yeah. And literally in a split second, you go, oh, yeah. now I get it. Um, so how does he inspire you other than that obvious love and the bond? I mean, are there other ways that he inspires you? Yeah, he uh, he literally always looks up. Like, that's a huge inspiring thing. You know, he's a baby, so he's always like, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I'm like, and I, I've been in places, I'm like, I never even knew they had windows up there. <laughs> you know? Like, he's literally always making me be positive. And I, you know, I what I'm leaving, the good thing about royalties is it can go to your, you know, kids. Your heirs, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm leaving is, for you, buddy, that's... Yeah, that's a huge inspiration. That's like providing, like. Wow, someday I love he's that. gonna be my age watching a replay of this video. Oh. And, oh no, you'll still I be alive. Well, oh no, I no, you won't. If, he, if he's my age, you probably won't be sad to say, but that's cool that, <laughs> yes. you, that you said that on tape. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? A time capsule moment. That's what we're calling it. Um, so. I'm guessing you're still not seeing much income because you're relatively new to this. And, yeah, and, mm -hmm. um, that's true. I, do you want to do this as like your full-time gig and all your income? I'm, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. She says that with no reservations whatsoever. <laughs> um, you had something on here that I thought was a title for a hit song, and nobody can steal this, but I'm acknowledging. Um, I got to write it down. <laughs> oh, you already did write it down. Oh, okay, you emailed good. it. Um, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with that in a second. What you said, uh, what I wish I knew when I first joined Taxi. I'm so mm. curious to hear what that is. Hmm. I wish I knew to let go of my ego when creating when I first joined Taxi. Uh, because like you said, people fall in love with their songs and you never get to that um, that that output that you need if you keep, you know, holding on to something and you can't let the world hear it. Well, that was the phrase, but you said it differently here. Mm. You had a bullet point that said breaking up with your ego. And I thought, what uh, a great line in a song. I'm not breaking up with, I'm breaking up with your ego, but I'm not breaking up with you or yeah. something, some play on that. Okay, if you guys start that, we're collaborating. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, you're going to have like a hundred of them tomorrow. <laughs> breaking up with your ego. So yeah. what like was that. it that, that made you realize that because that that's a very adult approach as well to go hey they're not all going to be great you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've had that moment oh my god like I don't even know why I do this but there's a certain period where I'm like I'm just going to go back and listen to all the songs I, I wrote before this mm -hmm. you know and you do that and you're like and I remember at the time I was like, yeah, this is it. You know, this is, this is the one. And you just, God, you just got to keep, you got to grow up. Like you get reject, rejected all the time, you know, so you got to prepare for that rejection and you got to break up with your ego because that's the only thing that's saying that they don't want the rejection, you know? 
there's a guy who wrote an article about taxi and basically says that they're a straight up company. They do what they do. Uh, and there are a bunch of comments and people, of course, go on there and go, I was a taxi member for two years and never got a forward. Of course, we don't know if that person wrote three mm -hmm. things in two years and submitted it or, you know, if they submitted the same three things over and over for every possible opportunity. Um, so one of the comments that somebody made recently on this thread was that, oh, taxi is just about cookie cutter this and cookie cutter that in so many words, but he actually used the phrase cookie cutter. And, and you mentioned in your bullet points that you had to realize that you weren't writing for you, mm -hmm. which I think is, that's a bridge that people who are writing, trying to pitch hit songs to other artists, um, people who are artists uh, have to realize you're not writing for you ever. You're really writing for your listener. Yeah. Because it, it's their heart, their soul, their mind that you want to touch. You've already been touched or the mm -hmm. music wouldn't be coming out. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. how long did it take you to have that realization <laughs> that it, it's not what you think is cool, but what the audience might find appealing? I mean... I'm not gonna front, like, it's something that you work on every day still, I think. You know, like, I'm a songwriter, I'm emotional. There's, like, breakups I've had, and I still think about them to this day. So, like, it break up with your ego. You're gonna go back and think, let me go back to that side. Um, but you have to let go of it to keep moving forward. So, you know, it's it's only gonna hold you back is something that I keep realizing every day. You know, you have to have the right mentality. It starts at that core. Like I just read something. This is online, so it had to be true. Do you know it takes, on average, 17 months to get over the breakup of a relationship? Oh, wow. That's a long time. Why Thank it's not... God I'm a songwriter. <laughs> right, because you can speed it up <laughs> by getting it all out. <laughs> yeah. Um... And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> 17 months wow um, yeah that's crazy it really how, is how long is it like oh that's my almost God. a year and a half so yeah that's like a wow that's crazy I I, i've got guessed. so many things i want to say but i won't ex-wife um <laughs> being an artist versus being a songwriter talk to me about that um what about it? You put it on the list of potential topics for us to talk about, and I was intrigued when I saw it because it doesn't sound like you really started out to be an artist. Yeah, not at all. Um, so I don't, what's the differentiation? I don't even think of myself as an artist now, to be honest. I just feel like, um, I don't know, this is a weird area for me because I feel like it's hard to brand yourself as a songwriter sometimes. Right because you're writing about so many different variables and situations and you know different sync opportunities even right. so it's like one day you could be working on this and the next day you could be working on that and um you just i don't know it's just like in that way it is kind of like an artist because you're constantly making those paintings so you're kind of thinking of yourself as an artist and I don't know. It's just like a battle of those. It's kind of like uh, being an actor, hmm. where 
you know, you're playing different characters yeah. or even the same character in different scenes, yeah. depending on where the script takes you. Yeah. You have to be flexible enough and good enough. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're mediocre at music or at acting, you can only be one thing because yeah. that's the thing that's easy for you. But to branch out, yep, yeah, I get it. And um, one's behind the scenes and one's in front, too, which is a whole other different dynamic. Interesting. But they parallel a lot in some ways. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's just something that, like, I've been, you know, wrapping my head around. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that, too, if you guys, like, deal with that. Like, how you, how you deal with that. When you start a project where you're collaborating with one of your fellow taxi members, uh, and do they send you a track and say, what do you got? Do you have any <laughs> lyrics? Or, you know, I mean, is it basically just thrown at you and you come up with the melody and the lyric? Or do they present you with an idea? You know, we need something that's very straight and, you know, angry and violent because um, we're pitching it for this particular scene. Yeah. How, how does the collaboration process go with, with you and mm. the folks in the chat room? There's never like a, a set way, you know, they can happen, you know, organically too. But I would say it starts with an email and it starts with an, an interest that you want to collab and sending some sort of um, sonic, you know. So if it was vice versa, if maybe I'm like hitting up Terrell, which I'm about to be doing in a second and being like, what do you think about this melody? You know, and then we can go from there. Or it could be the flip. It could be, uh, yo, Britt, here's this instrumental, you know, thinking about you on it. And if I get inspired by it, then we go into the collaboration process too. Are there times that you don't get inspired by something and just write and back? Whoa, Sorry, oh. uh, <laughs> and you write back and say, it, it, I just don't feel like I've, I'm the right person or I've got the right stuff for this? Or most of the time, do you, you find that? Um, I've rarely done that. But I feel like once it kind of enters, you know, here, there's going to be a, like, it's, you know, it's like bouncing around, you know, in me right now. So if I really up from the gate was like, yeah, I can't do anything with this, you know, establish that up front. But if there's even like that little, you know, maybe take another listen to it and see what it's doing. And I've had to challenge myself to do that, too. And it's turned out to be phenomenal songs because it takes me out of my comfort zone. And you it's know? also you don't because you've gotten to know these folks at the road rally mm -hmm. and you have a personal relationship with them. I'm sure that there's part of your ego in a good, healthy way that you don't want to let them down and you oh, want to no. rise to the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you guys are collaborating with me. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the tier in this in Taxi is so high because it's your name on it. So mm -hmm. you want to collaborate with people that have your same sort of work ethic. And you guys will both get there. Like... There's nothing better than having that text message from your collaborator saying what happened to your song. Mm. You know, like, Give me an example. Um, Marcus just hit me up the other day. I guess our song, uh, Drop Benjamins, was <laughs> in um, Get Shorty. Wow. On Epics. So, like, I just found out about that right before I wrote a song and came over here. You know, so it's like... 
I don't know. It's just so cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's listen to another one. What, what do you have queued up there? I have... One second. I have attention. Attention. Um, this is Latin. Uh, and I want to talk to you about the Latin stuff in a minute. Okay. Let's have a listen. I do now. <laughs> so, how did you do the lyrics of that? I mean, first of all, your accent. I'm certainly not an expert. Just, I, I don't want any emails about this. Not an expert. You sound pretty authentic. Maybe you. you wouldn't to somebody who is Hispanic by birth, but um, did somebody, Thanks. did you write the lyrics? How did you get the translation? How did that whole process take place? Uh, you know, you try to sink into that vibe, so just surround yourself with that type of um, radio, surround yourself with that television, you know, go to that culture first off, you know, and then come up with what the, what the instrumental is telling you. In that case, that was me and Owen, and he sent me this instrumental, and I love Owen because, you know, he, he goes deep with it. You know, so it just makes me get on that page even faster. And then, uh, you know, once we vibed with it for a second, 
I was like, this song is speaking to me about a female who is like, um, excuse me, you don't have to touch. I can still do what I want, you know? And after that, you just, you know, keep writing with it and then take out what you don't like and record that. But how did, did you... How did you get the translation? I mean, the right, like, oh, I mean, conjugations you, and stuff. Um, I mean, I... Google Waukee, Translate? Well, Waukegan, where I'm from, is a heavily, you know, it, it's so diverse. So I kind of grew up around that culture, too. So going back into it, you know, that's why I say do the culture first, because you have to give the respect to what you're about to, you know, create with get inspired by and once you once you allow that space to open up you have that creative freedom to write what you want and you know translate it through google translate through app through talking to people that speak spanish you know choose your own method but go about it and you'll it'll come to you I've got to interject something because the guys in the A&R department asked me to mention this on Taxi TV this mm, week. We ran a couple wow. listings, I believe, for tropical pop, trop pop, which is a genre now. But people were sending in stuff like uh, music that you would hear, you know, like ukulele music, um, uh, calypso music, thinking that that's what trop pop is. It's not. <laughs> So I, we were getting songs about, um, you know, being on a sailboat or something um, that, no, go uh, to Spotify and search Trop Pop and then, and, and the people clearly didn't listen to the references in the listing. So there, I've said it, I've done it. I hope the folks in the A&R department are down there high-fiving me right now, giving me some air fives because you asked and I did it. Um, talk to me about your engineering chops how how did you learn how to push the right buttons <laughs> um i well i yeah i originally came from illinois to go to school at kent so there i studied broadcast journalism as in kent state yes really mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. who else went there um one of our longtime screeners michelle bell Oh my God! Went to Kent. Yeah, she went to I Kent love State. Yeah, I didn't know she went to Kent. I'm 99 percent sure. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, what was I saying though? Um, that. Oh, what was my question? Um, my question. Oh, how'd you learn how to engineer? And you said originally oh, right. you went to Ohio to go to Kent State. Yes. So I did, you know, broadcast journalism and they were always like, you know, be in front of the camera. And my rebellious self was like, no, I'm going to be behind the camera. <laughs> and then once I got behind the camera into the control room and started messing with the audio and stuff, I don't know, I just fell in love. So that stuck with me. And then I ended up doing... Um, of their radio, their college radio show too. So I got to learn more audio buttons. <laughs> and then um, eventually I said, whatever. And then I just uprooted and I started studying at um, an orchestral university in Cleveland. Like wow. I, I, I got in by the grace of God too, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna practice this in a totally different realm. And then um, you know, you just keep finding audio, like you just keep playing with it. And then eventually 
I got my own studio because I kept going to a studio so much. Oh, you're paying for time and said. Oh yeah. This, this is uh -huh. right. And it's I was like there owning a house versus renting one, right? Yeah, pretty much. I was there all the time, and then um, I'm fortunate that he helped me learn those buttons too. And then I took a like a like an internship at a recording studio in Atlanta, and I was just a mosquito to them. <laughs> <laughs> You, I, you just keep finding the buttons to play with. And, um, I mean, engineering is great, but it's not something that I'm, like, perfect at. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm an amazing engineer. Um, but I think it's important to learn certain skill sets, you know, so you can just deliver with your collaborators more efficiently. I... You know what? I don't know that there is perfect in audio. Being a, a retired True. studio rat, um, uh, yeah. and it's so funny when I go to the Nam show and I, I look at all this. I wish I was. I look at all this stuff and I go, my gosh! Just place the microphone. Put the microphone <laughs> in the right place. You know, what I mean, yeah. I think that it's so easy to get amazing sounds because the amazing sounds are in a box today, that learning how to think like an engineer is a lost art mm. it's every problem is solvable now by going to another sample or using another plug-in or reading a prescription somebody else uses this plug-in side chain with that plug-in blah 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 and if you like stump them with an actual audio question they wouldn't know mm. like you know, listening to a stereo instrument in mono to see if there's any phase cancellation that makes certain frequencies obviously drop out. Oh, that could be out of phase. That's not mm. going to work well in my mix. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's the part of audio that's a lost art. And I was seeing yeah. that all over the NAMM show. It's all about just plugins, plugins, plugins. I am a little jealous, I will admit, though, because. What makes you jealous? Uh, stuff that I used to have to work hours, oh, you know, like yeah. getting like the perfect kick drum sound. Yeah. Now there's 10,000 perfect kick drum sounds. You just mm. have to know where to find the one that is in your imagination, what it's called and where it lives, and go get it. Mm. Back yeah. in my day, you had to do silly things like tape two kick drums together and have a close mic, and this pillow works better than that pillow, and a far mic, and it works better in that corner of the room. Yeah. All these things that you would do, and it was time-consuming, but the end result was very satisfying. But you know what? That's why people need to come to the rally. You, you need to like connect with that type of... That, that, <laughs> that geeky guy. <laughs> no, not that geeky guy, but that person that knows that... I'm just trying not to curse. So <laughs> that's why you keep, I keep starting and I'm like, okay, not saying anymore. Shiz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that shiz. Uh-huh. Um, okay, you also mentioned something that I would have brought up on my own had you not been so helpful with topics. Um, the whole, the administrative tasks Somebody said to me the other, actually it was some, one of the taxi members I ran into at the, or at the NAMM show uh, Saturday, said, I find myself now doing, 50% of my time goes to administrative stuff. Only 50% of my time is available for me to do creative stuff. Hmm. I'm sorry, but it takes both. How mm -hmm. do you find the time and strike the balance? 
I try to look for activities that work with both of those sides of the brain when I switch to the next one. Like lately I've been doing like this coloring, um, you know, coloring book. And that kind of works your left side and your right side of your brain. So whichever way you're going, it's like a good transitional period. But it is hard to go from your left, that, that's, that's hard. It's really hard. Um, but you just know that as soon as you get done on this side, it's just, you're just that much closer to the next side. And they're both so important. That's the thing. Like you can't have one without the other. Right. You, you, they're, they're together. Like they're in a very committed relationship. It, it's like child rearing. You can't just love the child and mm -hmm. want to look at it and hold it. And, and yeah. yeah, right. You've mm -hmm. also got to have all the re grown up responsibilities that go with child rearing. Yeah. And the same is true for success in music. If you're not willing to keyword your stuff correctly and tag it and, and prep it in a way that a music library owner wants to get it, then they're just going to stop working with you. If you create work for me, then mm. you won't work with me. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to copyright it. <laughs> Good, because I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I've already stolen, uh, what was it, uh, the ego line. <laughs> um, breaking up with your ego. I yeah. love that line. Um, audio engineers and romantic relationships. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Are you saying that audio engineers make the best lovers or what? That too. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, it's it's hard to maintain relationships being an audio engineer. Like I was going to ask you like what your secrets were and like, I got know, divorced how... from my first wife. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought she was a day one. No, Deb is number two. We've been together okay. now for 30 years. So congratulations. Thank you. That's... Um, Huge. That's because I'm not working in the studio. Uh, see, I actually I mean, came home once um, many, many years ago, and there uh, was a banner stretched across the living room of our condo that said, oh, yeah, I would fish. I, I would work at the studio till like 4 or 5 in the morning, come home, change clothes, and go fishing because I'm, I'm a fishaholic. Oh, wow. If they had rehab for fishermen, I would be there. And uh, I came home, and there was a banner on shelf paper stretched across the living room that said, Fishing may be your life, but don't forget you have a wife. <laughs> um, so while I was hooking fish, she was hooking up with her old high school boyfriend. <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> I hope you're watching. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've got to say, in all fairness to her, um, I was on a, a pretty fast trajectory in the world of audio mm. and you know i was kind of starting to run with the big dogs and especially when you're on that trajectory yeah, yeah you don't want to just say hey you know but I, the reason i got into doing audio post-production was one day she said to me you've got a daughter who's six months old i don't think you've ever even like changed her diaper Oh wow! and she was right and uh so i uh, we moved to new york we left florida moved to new york and i got a job doing audio post-production start out as low man on the totem pole because if you think mm -hmm. that being a record engineer qualifies you to do audio post eh, eh, eh. it's like um it's like being a surgeon yeah you could do like knee replacements but then try and do brain surgery would you want a, an orthopedic surgeon doing your brain surgery uh-uh same thing is true with audio you still use the same faders same preamps same equalizers all the same stuff but it's a whole different thing so yeah, I was, I don't, it didn't work well for me. Um, I was obsessed and I was learning like crazy mm -hmm. and I would get a call to work on a big project and it's just like, I can't. 
you know, what do you, you know, record Neil Young or make it home in time for dinner? Mm. And I chose Neil Young and she chose somebody else. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so I got an awesome, better wife yeah, in, the, in the package yeah, second did. time around. Mm. And two more wonderful children. So I've got oh. four daughters. Um, so, but that was all about me. How about you? Because that's where the question started. <laughs> so, I mean, do you like meet guys and become a little infatuated with the whole relationship no. thing? Uh, no, you just mm -mm. don't even make, it's like, no, I'm busy pushing buttons and being a mom. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like right now, for sure. I mean, th that's what I was just about to say. Like that trajectory, that's that slippery one where I think, I think there's certain periods in your life where you need to be by yourself and do it on your own. And sometimes if that's where it takes you, you I might meet somebody, you know, 30 years in, in this yeah. situation, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't want to ever like box yourself in like, if your heart's telling you to do that, you know? And if your heart's telling you to be in love, then stay in love. Like, I think we're most connected to that type of, those heartstrings, you know, like in the world of what we do, that rhythm, that heart, they all go together. There's so much I want to say, but I won't. Never mind. <laughs> Some things are I don't busy. know if that's bad or if that's good. No, it's honest. And I wouldn't want you not to be honest, but there's so many, I've been able to observe so many ways that musicians tend to mess up relationships because that's been my whole life. I've been mm -hmm. involved with musicians since I was 18 years old yeah. and I'm not 18 anymore. So I, I've seen a lot of mistakes being made, but only in the context of musicians. Maybe I would see the same mistakes if I were hanging out with veterinarians or some other avocation that, you know, it's just, I only know musicians. Um, mm. I, I joke and say, well, it's only half joking that someday when I retire, I want to raise goats because yeah. they, it's just I've like, heard you say that before. yeah, it's just mindless. And, and you mm. know, you like feed them and milk them. And um, a lot of, when you deal with a lot of people, like I do in taxi, you deal with a lot of personalities and, oh, lot, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's more than just running a company. Yeah. It's kind of like, did you ever see the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And read the book. <laughs> but I love you guys. Um, let's uh, go back to the abandonment thing. That was also something you, you mentioned early on in the show, and then here it is at the bottom of your list of stuff, Musicians oh, wow. in Abandonment. Yeah. Um, I know that you'll never abandon your son. No. If you had to choose music or Sean, you're going to pick Sean. Mm -hmm. But basically what you're saying is if you had to pick music over a guy, you might pick music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is that... I mean, after we could done making, we could make the song. And <laughs> I got to make the song first. <laughs> <laughs> but you, is it because you've felt that abandonment in your life that you've made that commitment to your own son that yeah you probably might not make for yeah I, yeah i mean yeah, yeah maybe that at least that's the perspective i see of it right now mm -hmm. all right well i don't want to put words in your mouth but i think it's uh again i don't know how old you are but you're obviously younger than i am and i think it's pretty cool that 
you think about these things. It's just not happening and you take it as it comes, but you've mm. obviously given it thought. You actually yeah. put it down on paper. Um, yeah. Let's talk about rejection for a minute, and that wasn't on your list. Uh, yeah. um, how do you deal with rejection? Well, it kind of goes hand in hand if anybody you know has abandonment you know, issues. So it's like you you got to get over that but uh rejection is going to come and if you're turning out tracks they're going to come multiple times a day and not just rejection but also corrections you know so that's a learning experience though. Mm -hmm. like you know if one of your collaborators were to say hey brit um not loving the approach you took a little mm -hmm. harder than i was looking for for yeah. this type of lyric yeah that's a correction yeah. Or the type of okay, yeah, that's so be a correction. that's yeah. a good thing though. I mean, Definitely, mm -hmm. you need that. Yeah, in this to help you deal with the rejection, you have to have great communication skills with your collaborators because you know, with every piece of information that you get, um, even with the rejection, you learn something with that. So, if you could just share those experiences and you guys could like both be learning together, you, you kind of like hone what you can like do best like if you guys keep that level of communication open and i guess there's a trust is that like yeah, yeah there's trust you so know, much trust because if you don't trust yeah. the person that's giving you that correction you're like yeah what do you know yeah versus wow that you just en enriched me by making me aware of something i wouldn't have thought of on my own that's how you have to that's how you have to come up it's, and same when somebody says, uh, no, we can't use this, thanks for trying, next. <laughs> the rejection. You have to use that same mentality for that. And so, because your mom's probably watching the show or she'll see it at some point, remember that with your mom, that when she says, Britt, if you did this, you'd be a better mom. Just go with it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, listen, um, now that I'm a mom, I listen to my mom so much better now. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah. They are, like, they're right about everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> it is, you told me. <laughs> I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> it's so true. I, I think of that all the time, how many times my parents told me stuff. And at the time, it's like, you don't know, and then you find out they knew. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got a few minutes, so questions from the audience. Um, fire some off, you guys. Oh, they're, oh. they're talking about Dawes. Um, I had a few people hit me up on Instagram with questions. Oh, okay. I could um, bring those out. Because, but yeah. Someone's asking how you found out about Taxi. Oh, that's a good question. Um. I think one day I was Googling how to put music in film and TV. Like, one day I was, like, Googling, like, I heard, I heard, I don't know how I heard this word, but I heard the word sync. And I, and I knew it was, like, a music industry term. And so I was like, okay, let me start learning a little bit more than that. And then I, then I realized that you could sync music to film and TV. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I think I just Googled 
and like you know you there popped we up yeah yeah doing and one of my amazing taxi tv episodes <laughs> yeah and then i started watching taxi tv i i mean i think i do taxi tv more than i do the forms it's like people uh, stop me i got stopped at the nam show by um so i was going up an escalator and some guy was going down and he just yelled dude taxi tv wow. <laughs> i have no idea who the guy was maybe um, he's in the chat room the Maybe. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was leaving the NAMM show, getting right across the, the street, and the guy walked up to me, some guy walked up to me and said, uh, I'm not a member anymore because you guys never have listings for the kind of music I do, but I watch all your taxi TV episodes. So oh, wow. if you're watching this one, hello. It was fun crossing the street with you. Um, <laughs> that was the best street crossing I've ever done. I feel like I got so deep, like I didn't even like, mean to do that. I'm just emotional. No, it's uh... <laughs> um. Someone asked, uh, "What other genres you do other than like hip hop?" Oh, there you go. Um, I think genre is very fluid. So I I would do hip hop. I'd say urban is a good way to describe it. Latin, um, you know, something that's strong, sexy. I, I'm really I'm really in that lane right now. Abs. <laughs> you could tell by the music we heard. What are your thoughts on diet and health when trying to balance everything? Diet and health? Is <laughs> that what it's A mom and a musician. Diet and health? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Try not to eat any more Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Martin Frog is asking, how do you deal with diet and health? I mean, I I try my best to eat healthy, but there are some times where I'm just like, um, my need to eat because I've been like, went straight from mom mode to studio mode. And you, you already know how studio mode is. So sometimes I'm just like, I just need to eat something. But um, I try to do juices every once in a while, you know, just to sustain. Like I try to think of things that give me that like, that long term sustainable energy um you know it goes a long way in the long run to to pace yourself which is one thing i'm learning um when i was reading a bedtime story to sean you know aesop's fables a tortoise and the hare like i think a lot of times i need to remind myself i need to be a tortoise and that means like getting things that will sustain me for a long longer time so sorry i had a tickle <laughs> um okay one more question then we gotta wrap that it up sense. i can't believe it's 5 30 already um someone asked i have a hard time getting better at production any production ideas on being able to hear better yeah i become a better listener um take take moments in your day where all you're doing is listening and you're not trying to you know give as much output you're just trying to you know listen and you know take what you learn in the field to the studio so when you're behind that board you have that kind of background of just listening and if something doesn't sound right it will stick out to you and you're going to play it again and it's going to still stick out to you so learn how to correct that or um, eliminate it if you need to eliminate it but yeah, just you know, stay open-minded and listen. 
Speaking of which, on my way to and from the NAM show, both were like hour and 45 minute commutes each way. It was a long drive, uh, mostly traffic. And I was listening to a lot of radio and cranked it up fairly loud in the car. And I heard three different Ed Sheeran songs and was so enamored with the production and engineering. They sound so simple at Mm -hmm. a lower level. Mm -hmm. When you crank it up, you go, my gosh, there's a guitar part in there that when you really listen, maybe it's only somebody with engineer ears um, or producer ears, but as I was listening, I'm going, that guitar was like quadrupled. And and I could hear the layers, but only like on the percussive, you know, on on the front of the note, uh, on the attack of the note, I could actually hear two guitars and then on the ring out and this is sustain um this is is, 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 is the uh the sampled version um i could hear that there was an electric in there as well but the electric wasn't as predominant so you're right you got to listen when you can and 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 store that information because you never know when it's going to come back out or when you're going to need that that you know that bullet in your gun that arrow in your quiver to go the perfect idea for this yeah mm-hmm. well with that sadly we've got to wrap it up because once again i've gone long that never happens but i'm so tickled that you uh you know reached out and asked us if you could yeah, do this how long you are you going to be in la me. i'm going to be here all week really awesome yeah. uh, are you thank seeing you some of me. your fellow taxi members uh hopefully yeah we got to link up yeah awesome well, with that, thank you very much, Britt. Great to have oh, you here. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you. I have like zero doubt that you're going to make your dreams come true because you've got the right attitude and the right work ethic and all that stuff. And really cute baby. Oh, He's adorable. Thanks for all the hard work you do, too. Thank you. You guys put food on my family's table, so I feel a strong uh, need to give it back, you know? Mm. Thank you for saying that. With that, we will see you guys next week for another incredibly exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Whoops! <laughs>